Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank, talking to you from back in the studio. Wow. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, This is the J to the E to the F to the F, still in his house. And our guests today are from Rocket Software. We have Rob Scott, Principal Architect of, of Mainframe Systems, and Ken Jonas, uh, Principal Engineer. Welcome, hey. gentlemen. Hey, I can't do, I can't do one of those those intros. <laughs> uh, the O to the B. No, that's, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> gotta mix it up. And and before we get started, I just got to do a, a fanboy moment. Um, when we started uh, Terminal Talk years and years and years and years and years ago, um, one of the things I always wanted to do was have significant people on the podcast, uh, people who have had a great impact or, or a noticeable impact on, on us as the user community. So if you and know it, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've ever submitted a job and wondered about the uh, status of that job, or you wanted to look at the console and see what's what's happening from from in your house or wherever, um, you you have to have used uh, Ken Jonas's work, right? Ken Jonas is the father of SDSF. Wow! <laughs> so um, you gotta love that, right? Um, so uh, for the benefit of people who have never ever logged on, uh, used ISPF or shame. SDSF, Uh, Can you tell us what SDSF is, Ken? Yes. um, Yeah, I'll point out the original author was um, a fellow named Carl Porter, who uh, was actually at IBM. He worked in the field, and he came up with the original design of SDSF. And at that point, um, it was actually syslog display and spool facility. It was a Huh. It was an application that allowed you to look at the JIS2 log. And then over the years, um, it, was in, it was enhanced. Uh, the, the next iteration was spool display and search facility. We had to keep the SDSF acronym. And that, acronym. Was, used, <laughs> <laughs> and that was used to uh, display your jobs. And it had, a, you know, it had a few panels like um, the DA panel and the status and output queue, things like that. And without SDSF, you, you, you can submit jobs and you can run jobs, but you had no easy way to view the output or modify the property. So that's, that was the need for SDSF. And then eventually um, it became the SDSF. We know today a lot of different panels and a lot of MVS type functions. And now it's system display and search facility. How could you run stuff? How could you run jobs before it? Because I mean, it sounds like you just said you could. Did you just have to like look for signs that everything ran? Like, oh no, you used um, so TSO. So TSO had a um, TSO output command, and oh, okay. uh, so you would get into TSO and you would. You had to use the basically line mode commands output. When ISPF came in, those early iterations was SPF, um, they had a function called 3.8. And um, it basically was doing a TSO output under the covers. And TSO output was fairly restricted um, 
in that you could retrieve output, you could cancel jobs. It would only operate on your jobs. You didn't have a lot of flexibility. But in the early days, when we were, so we had SDSF, and SDSF was a priced, uh, you know, it was a priced offering. And I would get questions from time to time, well, why can't we just use 3.8? It's free. You know? <laughs> uh. So, you know, and my response is basically, well, you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And that, that really kind of um, echoes the world we were we live in now, right? Why, why would you use anything new? I could do this old stuff and it works perfectly well. So some things never change. So um, in a little bit of the history, uh, SDSF was originally, um, and at the time it was called an FDP, was a field developed program, I think, or product, I'm not sure. But it didn't become a program product until 1987. So it was actually out in the field, 1981 or so, and it became a program product. And um, that changed things um, because then it got type one service and support. And also um, people had to delay migration to MVS JIS 2 until SDSF was ready. And because SDSF was a, an FDP, it had to wait for um, at that time, Carl to put the, the code in, and he couldn't get the code until it went GA. So typically, oh. customers would defer migrating to a new release of MVS um, and JIS until SDSF was ready, which was at least six months. <laughs> that had to so, make you feel uh, pretty good. Yeah, so that was, that was a lot of the justification um, to change it to a program product, type 1 code. And as I say, that happened in 1987, which is when I um, actually joined the development group. But, but there's been a lot of, of upgrading uh, since 87, right? I mean, you, you, you've done quite a bit to make the, it, it much more powerful in, in the way that it um, allows you to do uh, pretty much anything you need to do uh, to manage the system. So that, in the recent years, that is... A lot to do with Rob's contributions, <laughs> and uh, uh, so SDSF has has evolved. You know, initially people uh, equated SDSF with Jez. You know, it was it was tie, it was locked to Jez two, and they only saw it as Jez two type functions. And lately, our direction now is to include a lot more MVS type panels and as productivity aids for system programs. Yeah. yeah, that's our goal because, I mean, I remember, you know, when I was in short trousers in the 1980s, um, <laughs> using SGSF as a sysprop, you know, to me at that time, it was, why aren't all software products as good as this? Why don't they all present the information as well as this and they're so easy to use? Um, and I just wanted to stay in that product the whole time. So as things evolved throughout the years and we realized that we could put more system information into SDSF. That's what I want. I want it to be sticky. I want our sysprods, our customers who use it, to be in that product and not to have to go somewhere else to find information about DASDI space and things like that, and SMSE things. So let's keep them in the product. Let's make it in the same sort of format, the same tables, the same style. Um, and, and, that, and that's been our goal in the last like, six years is to really 
ramp up functionality. Right. So the world to us is SDSF and you know MPS is you know, the sideline. You know, <laughs> what, one of one of the things about SDSF, you know, it had the capability to run as a TMP. And in early days, uh, had the notion of a, a terminal operator, like an, an NJE or an RJE operator. And they needed to control the output at the workstation, but the, they didn't want to let them do anything else. Mm -hmm. So they would actually have a logon proc that was set up to run SDSF as a TMP. And sure enough, when, as soon as you log on, with that logon proc, you get SDSF, and you and you can't do anything else other than SDSF, and so they would give them like the printer panel, and um, you know access to the output queue, and further, they could only look at like the job log. They couldn't look at the output. So that's an SDSF centric world. <laughs> so, so you used a lot of a, a lot of acronyms there that people may not know. What's a TMP? So. That, it, it stands for Terminal Monitor Program. And basically, when you're logging on TSO, that um, program that you're running under, think, in, in modern terms, I think you would say it's a shell almost. It gave you access to TSO services. But ordinarily, when you log on TSO, you can issue any TSO command that you're authorized to. But when you're running SDSF, in that environment as a TMP, you can only issue SDSF commands. Yeah. And, no, and uh, as far as I know, I don't think anyone uses that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this, there might that. be somebody listening to this saying, hey, that sounded a bad idea. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So it, came up on, it came up on IBM Mine a little while ago. But when you think about it, um, the, the way SDSF has, has evolved that wouldn't be all that restrictive these days, right? Well, you're still you're still restricted to SDSF panels and actions on panels. But typically, you probably want to do some ISPF type work or, or something else. But, but I, I can bring up the I can bring up the console in SDSF, and I can do an awful lot of damage. So oh, yes, it's, oh, it's yes. not something that's really all that limiting. Is my kind of my point. It's funny actually that there's quite a few people out there that think that SDSF is the only way that you can issue an operator command for systems. Um, you know, so so we have we sometimes have to educate people that okay, you know, although you can do that in SDSF, SDSF isn't the only way that you can do that. Um, so there is a little bit of a a broad you know, people's horizons that we need to uh, exercise every once in a while. Yeah, there's a wide range of things that you can do there. I mean, I I I really started uh, working in MVS uh, after that had become uh, like the the thing to use. So I've I've really never known a a pre SDSF world really. I mean, I've been around the system, but I hadn't had to do much. Um, so, so for me, you know, being able to, to manage things from the console, uh, to be able to look at not only my jobs, but other jobs, other things that are going on in the system and, and kind of trying to see, see the world, um, that, that was the only way that, that I would um, be, be looking at stuff. 
Well, I, I think that's kind of um, the the door opening moment for a lot of people when when they say, oh, "Look, you can split your screen." And they automatically go, oh, cool. I can keep SDSF o- over here and edit my files over here. And that's really all I need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what we do it for? I'm, I did it this morning when uh, I I was looking at the console because I had to do a, I had to update someone's RACF uh, profile. And I was looking at the, at the log because I wanted to make sure I modified the right profile. Right. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you can't live without it. Look at you doing work like a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing actually that we have to be very careful about, we do realize that people have used this product for a long, long time. And their finger muscle memory is, is, <laughs> is attuned to the things that they normally do. So if we change the interface in, in minor ways, we have to be very careful that we don't, don't throw off um, that muscle memory, because then that makes our product feel like we've um, unintentionally made it a bit clunky because we happen to change something that they've been doing for the last 20 years. But it's always a consideration when we're trying to improve matters. But we've got to go quite slowly. Um, too much culture shock would be cool. Well, that reminds me of the, the story of the prefix command. Um, oh, it's, it's, a long, it's many years, 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> We changed the syntax of the prefix command to handle a pattern. The prefix command you would use to select um, the jobs that would that would appear, and typically, you know, it was like your user ID. So we changed that to accept a pattern as the prefix, and we thought it was a good idea. And to this day, people are still complaining about that we changed the syntax. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, you know, people get used to um, doing things even if they're quirks or something doesn't even work quite right. But if they're dependent on that quirk, well, as soon as you have a lot of history like we do, um, any, any changes can be disruptive. Well, and so I, I think that kind of leads us into the ne- next topic. Um, you know, uh, as somebody who's been using it for a long time, uh, I would say it's it's perfect the way it is. Uh, why would you make any changes to SDSF? <laughs> okay, so I love this. I, I get that a lot, too. Um, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> so... <laughs> so and when we'll put we'll come in with a new well, command or a new panel and, and everyone you know you, you just can't you just can't predict it to say well we don't like this action character or we don't like this button or you know it should be on the left or something should be on the right so but i i remember when i was a sister program the announcement letters used to come out about what's the next release in ZOS or MVS as it was. And I used to you know, scan, scan the text and I would focus in on the usability stuff, ISPF and SSF. And I get excited about the new features that were coming. Um, and then it sort of stopped, um, you know, going into the, in the late 90s, early, early 2000s, that, you know, those bullet points shrunk and they shrunk and they shrunk. And to me, I was disappointed with that. And one of the things we really want to do with SDSF now is, is give that excitement again. I want, I want our announcement to be half a page of new functions, new panels, new things that you can do. I want our SysProgs to 
you know, to look at that and get excited about it. Um, and hopefully that we have been doing that for the last um, half dozen years or so. So, so if, if, you, if, if you were talking to somebody who has only used SDSF to check on their jobs, right? Uh, what would you tell them that it does beyond that? How, how would you go about explaining all the different things that SDSF does? Oh, yes, it does your jobs, but it also does all this other stuff. What, what, what would you say to them? First of all, get their security updated because it could well be that their main manual only shows the commands that lets them manage their jobs. Um, you know, a lot of our um, general users will just see half a dozen choices on their main menu, and that's the same half a dozen choices that they've been seeing for the last 30 years. Um, so it's very possible that they've been configured out of that by their system administrators. Um, but all the other things we've been adding are, I suppose, Ken, would you say they're primarily focused around the systems program um, and operate? So, um, yeah, we want to turn it into a Swiss Army knife of, of everything that they would need to do on an MBS system. Right. So um, we've moved from log and what we call the Q panels, which are your jobs and output, um, to more MVS-like things, which were, you know, APF lists, link lists, um, data set-oriented panels. Then we have a bunch of device-related panels that show you activity on devices or on the network. And then our latest iterations now, we're showing um, storage-related information. So our evolution is to try and open up the system, all the things that MDS is doing, and expose that in a way, you know, it's sort of intuitive or easy to understand. I should also point out that SDSF is not only interactive. Um, a, big, a big part of our function is that you can write RexExec, and in the RexExec you can call SDSF and the same information that you would get interactively can come back in an exec. And a lot of people find that hand, that's handy. How, how does it feel knowing that SDSF has grown to the point where I'm a, I just can only assume that decisions made around the core OS are, are being made with the th like through the lens of, well, how will this show up in SDSF? Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I've tried to change the BC to train the BCP because you know up to that point they oh well we have some operator command maybe uh, where we really um, made progress in that area. I think the turning point was with Health Checker um, hmm. when Health Checker was introduced into the system. It was seen entirely as like a batch, a batch job, started task, and it had some commands. And it could create some reports, but what we ended up doing was putting in health checker panels into SDSF. And that once we made that leap, now people sort of see the power of, okay, if I have a component and I need to expose some information, SDSF might be a good place to do it. And there's also other places where customers will want to prove that the thing that they've enabled, maybe paid money for, is actually there. They want an easy way to know that the thing that they have configured is active. And so we get involved in that as well to making sure there's a, 
a panel field in SSF that will show if a certain feature is uh, is active or not. So we do get involved at quite an early stage these days, talking to you know, the guys from JS and BCP um, for new features to make sure that we have support for it in SSF on day one. The other thing SDSF helps with, like, there's one other thing I would add is that we see some sysplexes now, you know, that have quite a few images in there, and um, that's with S with SDSF, it's a lot easier to see. You know, we now have the sys panel, and you know, gives you a summary of everything, all your um, members in in the plex, and so I think that's an important part of what SDSF is doing also. Are, are there like instructional videos? Do you have a your own YouTube channel that kind of walks people through how how some of this stuff works? Uh, how does one learn how to use the new some of this new capability? So there are the presentations. The presentations were converted into IEA, so I believe they can go out there and they can get them that way. We don't have a YouTube channel, and we don't have any videos. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I think it's I think it's mine and Ken's reluctance to appear on camera that probably. Is <laughs> you know, Ken, Ken's been working at Rocket for six years, and he still is appearing as an egg on all of these. I nag him. I'm going to make it an, an annual performance objective to make sure he updates his profile at some point. So, so when I had an office, you know, everyone has like their name on the outside of the office. So. I never put my name tag outside the office on the assumption being that if somebody needed me, they could find me. Otherwise, I didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real approachable guy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I like that idea of a YouTube channel. Can, can make next year's OKRs, man. Five <laughs> YouTube channels, entries. Of new commands. So, I'm writing it down now. So, so Rob is referring to OKRs. I, do you have OKRs there? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, so we you have to come up with a certain number of OKRs that you're going to do for every year. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I put things in like, you know, I'm going to learn three new macros. <laughs> <laughs> So every time one of these things comes up, Rob is always, oh, okay, that's going to be an OKR. <laughs> <laughs> so as we kind of see more and more uh, businesses moving away from managing the system directly from from ISPF or, or that traditional kind of TSO entry, um, do you guys see... Uh, where you're going to go for people who are using languages like Python or, or, or want to access these capabilities from, uh, from ZOSMF or Zoe or, or Ansible? Well, obviously, the, the ZOSMF interface is important for our, our non-mainframe-based um, users. Um, and we have actually just uh, completely rewritten that. Um, so it's a brand new look and feel for... Uh, 2.5, um, and we will be, you know, enhancing that and giving full, full coverage. Um, there's a Java API as well that we have into the product. Ken, do you want to talk about the Java stuff? Yes, yeah, um, you can. You can write uh, Java. We we supply Java classes 
Um, basically, the classes correspond to the panels, and you can write a Java application that can um, call SDSF and will retrieve the data. So that's similar to Rex. Um, are those like uh, uh, calls into C code so you can graft other languages on, or is that really um, you know, built so in? We, so the Java, the Java, the way Java is talking to SDSF, that's sort of a private interface between the two. Um, okay. We would, we'd love to hear some requirements and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. Spoken like a true MDS. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but the, we don't have to worry about the, the responses coming back being different between the two. Right. 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 Okay. So, Basically, our goal with both Java and Rex is anything we're exposing interactively, we'd, we'd like to be able to come through those program APIs. So uh, I, I know we're getting close to the bottom of the hour here. Uh, what, what do you see uh, in the future? When, uh, Ken, when, when Rob gives you um, the unlimited budget to do whatever you want to do, <laughs> As, as I am wont to do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what are some of the things that that you see that you that you would want? I mean, not a commitment, but where where do you want to go? Where do you want to take SDSF? Um, as I'm going to defer to Rob as the chief strategist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smart man. Funny enough, the the requirements we build a lot of internal requirements. Um, so that comes from multiple sources. Obviously, we get requirements from the BCP and from JEB. I mean, that, that's standard, and there's, you know, that's the cost of doing business. Um, but um, selfishly, I, I I need things for development as well. Um, this is another reason why we've got in, in into all the storage displays. Is I want that stuff because I'm trying to unit test, debug um, software at Rocket. Um, I also listen to customers uh, share. Um, we get input from other development teams at Rocket. I, 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 I lurk and occasionally contribute when I'd be amazed. So I'm, I'm still seeing what people want and need um, from those discussions. And I was a systems programmer for, for 20 odd years, and I think I have a, a reasonable grasp of what a sysprog wants. Um, so I, I can smell it. If, if it sounds good, it sounds like it should be in SDSF, I'll talk to him about it. Whenever I watch a movie where someone's doing a mainframe thing, there's lots of beeping. Could you like add in more beeping noises? <laughs> yeah. How come it's never as interesting as it is on TV? Yeah, seriously. Have a, like some minor, minority report type, you know, yeah. finger screen things. Yeah, this, always, this always frustrates me because whenever you see those sort of things in movies, you say, oh, look at this guy, he's hacking. And you always see him in line mode doing reps and pipes yeah. and things like that on the command line. Everyone goes, oh, look at that modern computer there. And I'm thinking, hold on a second. You know, he's either hacking or working at Lowe's. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, well, but see, you guys are, are key to that, right? Because because you guys hold the, the interface to the stuff that we really care about. So, you know, if you're not going to do it, you know, I, I didn't hear anything in there that said that we're going to we're going to make things look a lot cooler. 
I want five new beeping noises for the next release. <laughs> okay, are there, Ken, another okay? There we go. I hear, I hear okay. Noises. That's all I hear. <laughs> and then after, then after I implement that, I'm going to have to provide some sort of a dialogue so you can <laughs> modify when you get beeps and when you yeah. don't want beeps. And also the custom, custom property to reflect Properties. the behavior to how it Save works. Save it in years the profile. No, yeah, panel, no beeps. Submit rexbeep.jcl. <laughs> right. The next thing you know, we've got I, a whole I, new I, panel. <laughs> I, I definitely want one that allows me to pick the sounds uh, that I'm using. So, you know. Uh, Frank, don't you have a whole soundboard right there? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pull up the fader. There it is. Well, I want Imagine that. if that played every time a job ran successfully. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, more likely for me it would be. <laughs> so. <laughs> we have so I'd like to share one uh, one other thing. Uh, sure. Talk about great ironies. Uh, so I've been working with Rob now for several years. It's like six years, Rob. Yeah, six years. And... When I first met Rob, I didn't, I didn't connect it right away, but years and years and years ago, I had a bookmark in my browser to Rob Scott's MVS pages. And I, as a system programmer then, I used to refer to those, those <laughs> web pages for tips and tricks and things to do with MVS. And then when I was introduced to Rob, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, that name is familiar. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it's the same Rob. So you talk small about yeah. a, a small world, yeah. So I don't, when, when did you develop those pages, Rob? That was back in the early 90s. Um, <laughs> so I, I basically, I, I was sysprogging, but I, I, one particular contract I was on, I, I was babysitting, so I didn't have anything to do. So I ended up writing, I was bored, so I started writing uh, a bit of free, freeware software. And it developed over the years, and I used to have it on a download um, on the internet. This is in the early days of the internet, where not a lot of people had internet pages. Um, but the weird thing was, that the inspiration for how this product behaved was based on SGSF. Because I thought, I like SGSF, but I want MVS information in SGSF style dynamic areas with the highlighting and stuff like that. So funny enough, Ken inspired me to, to write my free <laughs> words which then got me a job and I end up working with Ken, which is great. <laughs> See, a success story, if ever I heard yeah. one. Well, uh, I, I just want to take this opportunity um, to, to thank both of you. I mean, this is, like I said, a real fanboy moment for me. I, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are, are not only taking time out of your day to talk to us about SDSF, but but you're you're building it even better. So we, we really appreciate that work. It's a real pleasure. Yes, thanks. Old Man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.